0: Hey everybody, it's Justin. Welcome to Made for Mondays. I'm so glad you're tuned in with us today. Uh, No matter what platform you're on, if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify or um, Apple, I'm so glad you're tuned in with us. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications, if you would, on, on YouTube so we can connect with you. As you know, Made for Mondays is about you owning your Mondays. We don't rent Mondays and Mondays don't own us. We own our Mondays. Today, I'm so privileged to have a very special guest with us, Pastor Terry Mackey. And so stay tuned as we dive into what it means to be made for Mondays. Welcome back. Welcome back to Made for Mondays. I'm so happy to have with us today a very special guest um, here in California with me in Pastor Terry Mackey from Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, man.
1: Man, it is a plump, pleasing pleasure to be with you, Jeff. Yes,
0: sir, man. It's an honor and it's such a, such a joy to, like I, I said on uh, our revival night, to uh, watch you from afar for so long right. and to engage with your ministry from afar, man. And so to see you up close and meet you up close, man, and just to, to see the joy you have for people in the ministry, man, it's so awesome.
1: Same here, likewise, (laughs) been following you as well since you've made the pilgrimage here to friendship and watching you grow and mature and the church uh, being able to Fall in line with the vision. It has just been phenomenal to be your brother from a state away (laughs) in Arizona. So just pleased with the work that's going on here at Friends. Thank
0: you, man. I forget how big California is. Right, we are
1: neighbors, man. Yes,
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) getting used
1: to it, man. Yes, we are. So tell me about you. What's your journey like? Who Who is Terry Mackey, man? Man, Terry Mackey is a down home. Brother, Got it. I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I am the son of a pastor, mm-hmm. PK. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I remember how the Lord began to work in our life. It was through vacation Bible school. Oh, wonderful. Um, when I was about six years old, uh, one of the uh, ladies in the church asked me to to sing a song and I sang this little light of mine, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let it shine. And so she said, you have a wonderful voice, told my mom, who was the choir director, yeah. I had really never sung at yeah. home. My dad sang for, for the quartet tech, yeah. So singing was in both sides yeah. of my family, but yeah. I just really never did it at home. Yeah. So when she found out about it, she told my mom, you need to hear your son sing. really." And so when my mom made me sing at home, my very first solo, was I've got a mind to live for Jesus all of my days? Wow! I wasn't even saved yet. Yeah. But I didn't realize that my mom was planting the seed of salvation got it. in me through that song. Got it. And now being a preacher, who's now preached, uh, started preaching at the age of 13. Wow! And uh, started pastoring my first church, I I used to work at Wheeler Avenue, as you know, as youth pastor there in 2007. 2010, I became the senior pastor of Wrightsville, Mount Olive Baptist Church in Houston. And then I was called in December of 2019 to Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church right down the street in Phoenix. And So I always looked at the fact that my very first solo was I've got a mind to live for Jesus. And now here I am cultivating the also awesome. of people to live for this. Man, that's full circle, man. God full a, circle. That's a very
0: unique way of doing that. Yeah. Um, there's two things I have from that. First of all. Okay. Memphis, man. Yeah, so I got family in Binghampton. What? Yeah, man.
1: Oh my lord. <laughs> my dad grew
0: up in the church, Early Grove Baptist Church.
1: Yes. Herman Powell, man. Yes, Her, Dr. Herman Powell. Yeah. One of he he was one of the first preachers that I learned what expository preaching yeah, was man. was about.
0: I still got old tapes. Of oh, Memphis. yeah. He would oh, expose
1: the text, for sure. Man. <laughs> oh, man.
0: That is such a small world. Yeah. yeah Binghampton, yeah. and mm-hmm. my, I got family. Nellie Lester down there. Yeah. Kim Lester down there. Wow. Uh, my father's Anthony Lester down there. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. Memphis. We used to make that, go there at least two times a year growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my dad went to Early Grove uh, Baptist Church, and then we would always do some stuff with New Salem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Not man. Frank Ray. Yeah, man. Oh, 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 that's such a doubt.
1: small world. Without a doubt. Yeah. We're we all connected yeah man that and is see, such a... like you said in Vallejo, as it is <laughs> it is it's, it's, it's connected for that's sure. it
0: i do from that so for me too so i've transitioned uh from rhode island here and to hear that you transitioned from uh texas to arizona yeah. um for pastors who are listening to this for young preachers who are at that space where they sense god tugging them in spite of what they love to do in spite yeah. of where they are what was your process to say yes to pilgrim rest in spite of, like I saw some of the videos when you were when you were departing from Riceville, is in spite of your, not in spite, with, along with your love for where you started, mm-hmm. um, how were you able or how can you assist or suggest to young pastors um, on saying yes to something um, when it starts pulling
1: you and tugging you? you know? Well, first of all, uh, I would say you have to be clear that this is what God wants you to do. Got it as opposed to what you want to do. So real. And so when I felt the tug, uh, Pilgrim Rest called me out to preach mm-hmm. in August of 2019. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was doing great at at, at mm-hmm. the church where mm-hmm. I currently was serving. I was finally getting the my hands on the yeah. things. Uh, I think it's one statement that I learned is that when people call you to a church, they do not, and I want you to hear me, Pastor. <laughs> when a church calls you, they don't call you to be the pastor, they call you to become the pastor. Wow. And wow. Uh, and it took me a long wow. time wow. to find that out. Wow. Because every church, there is a litmus test that you must pass yeah. before they turn over the reins and trust you. That's so As real. the pastor. It may be a few funerals you have yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah. It may be, um, because there's, in every church there's always a pastor in the percent. And if that person finally gets on your side, maybe then yeah. you become, but you have to find out what it is, what the route is gonna take for you to actually not wow. become their preacher, yeah. but to become their pastor and sometimes that takes a storm, yeah. sometimes it takes protest. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there are different avenues to get there, but please know on day one, yeah. you are not that the so pastor real. of that church. These people have been serving this church, yeah. a lot of stuff happened before you got here, yeah. and a lot of, of younger pastors, we do not, uh, and you were preaching about this mm. Sunday, I went mm. back and listened mm. to what you talked <laughs> about, we have to understand that for some people, their preferences are their priority. 100%. Not, not the other yeah, way man. around. Yeah, man. And so you have, to, you have to get that, you have to do your reconnaissance percent, as a pastor to get to know what those things are. One of my favorite statements is that as a pastor, every church has sacred cows, mm-hmm. but every sacred sacred cow cannot become a hamburger.
0: That's so real, that's so real man. <laughs> you that gotta so figure real. out, that's okay, so I'ma
1: leave that alone for now, I'ma let God deal with that one, maybe, uh, unless God has given me the wherewithal to deal with that particular mm-hmm. issue. But I would say be very clear that You are going where God wants you to go. That's real. I asked God to send me confirmation. Whenever God wants you to do something, he will send confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Going back to the story, I went there to preach. I was not candidated. They just heard about me preaching. And so I just went to fill in the pulpit that Sunday in August. By December, I had become pastor of the church because God was already dealing with me about moving. Wow, I was in my eighth year at Riceville, yeah. and if you know biblical numerology, yeah, seven is complete, yeah, eight is new beginning. hundred yeah, percent. So yeah, I man. thought it was gonna just be, you know, God was gonna do a renaissance yeah. at the church because things were finally falling yeah. into place. Yeah, and so I had that particular experience. Then one of my, he he was my youth pastor who mm-hmm. had become a senior mm-hmm. pastor. And he just kept telling me, Pastor, the Lord keeps showing me these dreams that you're in a larger church. um, And whatever this church is, it has palm trees around it. I don't know anything about it, but it has palm trees around it. So when I went to preach at Pilgrim Rest, when I turned down 15th street, it's just this long, beautiful row of palm trees. I took a picture, sent it to him. He said, are we wearing robes or cassocks to your installation? <laughs> now I have not even I have not said anything in yeah. the church yet. I'm outside taking a picture yeah, man. on the street. Yeah. And so and there were so many other things that God did to confirm yeah. that it was time for me That's to real. make make that transition. That's real. And if I could just sum it up, I have learned where God guides, He provides. That's real. Where he leads, he feeds. Yeah, man. Where he directs, he protects. Wow, man. And that's what I keep. Well,
0: and tomorrow. the doors of the
1: church are open. <laughs> uh, no, that was
0: that's real, man. I remember the 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 same, like very very similar. I, I I agree with all of that, and I just remember in that transition period for me personally too, mm-hmm. what it meant to be like, man. I'm I'm good, but I just remember the moment the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and began to show me this entire area and I literally drew it out it's actually in my office and we have a capital campaign starting here next year for some facility work and the Lord showed me that and I remember telling my wife and she was like what's going on and I said the Lord showed me uh, this and in 2008 I'll never forget the Lord said you're going to pastor in California and so when I heard this I literally all the way in 2008 2008, before I even like I was running away from the Lord I was like I don't want to do this I grew up as a PK right so I'd seen Negroes (laughs) and so I was like God I, I'll be an attorney, I don't want to do 2008 dollars so you're a from California. And so when this came up, I forwarded it to my wife. i never forget that night, she texted me back. She was like, well, we're moving to California. She just mm, knew it immediately. Yeah. And so the moment I stepped here, no matter what we were dealing with at the time, I knew like, no, this is where I'm gonna be. This is where God has called us to be. And you're right, man, when God sends you, he's, He's it's his, it's his pride.
1: And, and let me add this to, um, for, for the pastor that may be transitioning, you have to trust that as God has made it clear to you, Mm -hmm. he will make it clear to your spouse. That's real. Uh, because it has to be, man. especially when you when you have a family. Yeah, man. it has to be a team effort. Hundred percent. You don't want to go into the new church and you dragging your wife and dragging Listen, your children and so they real. didn't want to go. That's so real. Um, my one of my uh, good friends, Pastor George Parks. Yeah, he just made a, another transition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to Metropolitan. So so he, So he's going through that right now. Um, but let, let me tell you how I knew. I, and I forgot, I don't even know how I, I missed this, how the Lord made it clear to my wife that we got were it. going. We had, Justin, we had just moved into our dream house in oh, Houston. Wow. My wife, we had finally got the furnishings. Yeah, we, man. I mean, my wife had custom drapes <laughs> I mean, things we thought were finally falling yeah, in place man. for us in Houston until uh, this opportunity to pilgrim shows up. So, I'm ministering somewhere uh, during a revival, and before I get on the plane, my wife calls me, she said, I'm about to send you something on your phone, yeah. look at it, and call me back. I looked at it, and I looked at it, it was my predecessor's bio. Yeah. All three of my children's names are in his bio. Wow. Micah, my yeah. oldest son, yeah. he had a son named Micah. Wow. My middle son, Timothy, he had a brother named Timothy. Yeah. My little girl, Barbara, yeah. his mother's name is Barbara. Wow. And then his mom's name is Barbara Thomas. That's my mother-in-law's wow, name. Man. So, wow, man. So I'm like, I mean, how much clearer <laughs> can it be? And so when I was doing a Skype for my interview with Pilgrim, they said, Pastor, we don't mean to be nosy, but we see a lot of boxes behind you. Yeah. I said, I know you all still have hundreds of candidates yeah. to apply, but the Lord has already told us that we're going. And so these are boxes because we're packing. Wow. But we haven't sent you a card. I said, you all not understand me. <laughs> I've been on this faith journey enough yeah, to know when God confirms his will over and over, I'm just waiting for you. That's 100%. You. That's 100%, man. And, man, one of the guys there that day says, when I saw your faith walk, mm-hmm. that you were already packing. Yeah, man. I was, the the house was half packed before they sent the movers. Wow, man. <laughs> that is I mean, that when you know real. for sure God is sending direction to you you can rest in that assurance. 100%. You can rest 100%. in that assurance. And I think one of the things, man, that I,
0: I came to COVID, did this to me. Okay. was is I stopped preaching about faith mm. and began to be a person who had faith. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think so often we were preaching about these things and I'm mm. have faith, trust them, take a step on the water, mm. and then it's like, no, and I'm going I'm <laughs> gonna, I have to be someone who does it. And I yeah. think that's one thing I've been challenging, like, even some of the, the my colleagues. Like, it's one thing for us to preach this stuff, yeah. but we gotta, tr- we gotta do it, we gotta yeah. live it, man. It can't just be hearers, we gotta be doers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that so often we get so caught up in like the aura and the lure of the pulpit right. that we miss out on actually like you just said man like no nah, this is what the Lord said And I don't care how crazy it sounds, but I'm going to jump into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I I jump into the water, if he don't raise it up or lower it down. Oh,
1: yeah. It's a a thin line between faith and foolishness. That's it. That's (laughs) it. It's a thin line between faith and foolishness. And the only way to know that it's faith and not foolishness is to know that God said it and you didn't. That's so real. As you've grown and as you develop, man, and even looking at your whole journey yeah.
0: and your preaching, I'm curious, man. How has your, how has your preaching evolved? Um, mm. Your philosophy of preaching evolved as you've gotten a closer, as you got know, a father, husband, a closer relationship with God. I'm curious, man, on the evolution and growth of your preaching mm-hmm. um, from, like, you know, obviously, not I even mean, beginning, just in
1: the last ten years. Yes, um, yeah. I would say, man, I've always. I've always been given to um, the word preach. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I forget what preacher it was years ago. He said, if you take the word preach and you take the P off preach, it Ooh. spells reach. Wow, that's so real. He said, so then if you take the R off reach, it spells each. That's so real. So he said, we have to preach to reach. Yeah each that's so real and just like you said everybody's welcome nobody's perfect and anything's possible yeah when you realize that the words that come out of your mouth yeah. people are making life and death decisions that's so real man off of what we say behind that's the so real, desk. man. and so when i realize the impact and import of the preaching moment it forces me to prepare myself that's right uh i've always lived by the five p's Mm -hmm. proper Mm -hmm. preparation prevents poor performance that's so real so i go by the five e's Mm -hmm. the five c's Mm -hmm. i believe that every person who works in ministry every christian the first c is you have to strive to be christian Mm -hmm. you have to strive to be courteous Mm You have to be committed. Mm -hmm. Whatever God has placed you in, you have to be competent in that Mm -hmm. area. And there's some stuff you're gonna have to be confidential about. That's real. There are some things that happens that you don't need to be running to tell everybody everything. That's so real. So I go by the five C's, the five P's, Mm -hmm. and the five E's. Mm -hmm. Um, Exalt the Savior through worship, Mm -hmm. enlighten the unsaved through evangelism, equip the saints through discipleship, embrace all generations through fellowship, and elevate humanity that's so through real. missions. That's so real. so those are, those, that's kind of my framework yeah, for man. ministry. But in terms of preaching, going back to preach to reach each, I guess in my doctoral work, I was looking at human sex trafficking. Okay. It, 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 it is becoming yeah. a, a beyond drug, drug trafficking sex trafficking and Mm -hmm. labor trafficking is the second highest in terms of profit. Drug dealers are finding out that it's more profitable to use people because you can recycle them. As opposed to a drug or product, you have to always be looking for new sellers. And so now people, are. I, I can make more money just Recycling the person yeah. for the same work. Yeah, man. And so that's why a lot of drug dealers are finding it business from a business standpoint. It's just economically more advantageous mm-hmm. for you to use people rather yeah. than products. Yeah, man. Or use people as products. Yeah, man. Slavery taught us all about. Yeah, that. man. So w- with, with human trafficking. I, I was saying, well, how in the world am I gonna be able to preach this? Yeah. That we have young ladies and young men. Yeah, man. Uh, because I didn't really become aware of this, this pandemic yeah. until we had a screening at our church called Blind Eyes Open. Mm-hmm. That it's young ladies probably and young men right yeah. now in this church yeah, man. that are are being used by traffickers. 100%. And a lot of times the traffickers are family members. 100%. And a lot of times they're in the church. Yeah, man. And they use the church as a smokescreen. 100%. For that type of activity. Yeah. But I kept saying I was so, I was going to do my doctoral project on, on innovative children's ministry mm-hmm. because I believe that in order to get the family, you have to get the child. 100%. And so if we cater a lot of what we do to getting the child, the family mm. will come. Mm-hmm. Just like they said, if you build it, they will come. Mm. No, you get the child, get the they family. will come. Especially the father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So uh, all of this going on, and I, I said, well, how am I gonna preach this? This needs to be preached. Mm. And so I was going through some of my old Aristotelian appeals, mm-hmm. some of the, mm-hmm. the uh, Aristotle's appeals in yeah, yeah, persuasive yeah. speaking. Universal truth, man. Yeah. okay. <laughs> and so, you know, he talks about logos, yep. the information, and he talks about um, pathos, yep. that you have to create yep. a feeling that yep. you have to, that in order for the, the listener to take you serious, you must create engagement with them where they feel yeah, man. what you're saying. Yeah, man. And then, of course, there's ethos yep. that deals with the speaker's credibility. But I turned it around to say that, because. That not only have to, we, we have to deal with the speaker's credibility, but the listener's credibility yeah, as well as a person. That's and so real. now in every sermon, I try to utilize those, at least those three. Got it. The logos, yep. that's doing your homework. Yeah, the pathos, am I making a connection yeah. with the person? Because, yeah, you know, a lot of times, let's be honest the downfall in expository preaching mm-hmm. is it can become just a, a data dump that's so real it can become a regurgitation of that's facts so real. but it has no feeling that's so real you know, I, that's so real I, okay you got the information but have you made it relatable so to, real. to what i'm dealing that's with so in my present country. that's so real that's so real so i so i always ask the question pathos logos and then ethos what am i at there should be a claim yeah. upon the sermon. There should be a deed to do that's in so real. every sermon. That's so real. And so I try to make sure that my my sermon falls to hit those particular areas yeah. of logos, pathos, yeah. and ethos. Man, that's so
0: real, man. I think that's what's awesome, and the, the crazy <laughs> thing, I'm teaching ethics right now this okay. semester, oh, so I'm like so, bringing this option, like, so we can get it to like, we could get this. <laughs> I'm like, because that's where Aristotle distanced from Socrates, right? Yeah, right. So, the so, so, Yeah. You were talking about
1: the Socratic method. Yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, not All he yeah.
0: wanted to do was just question, 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 question. Right, um, right, right, right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And mm-hmm. I think where he missed it and where he ruined his marriage, mm-hmm. where, <laughs> all he did was ask questions. <laughs> <Stupid> questions. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> where, enough answers. Then yeah, <laughs> Plato's like, man, you're weird. Mm-hmm. And then, and watched him die. And mm-hmm. then Aristotle comes along, he like said, man, and he's like, oh, well, there has to be this level of humanity right, right? the yeah. logos pathos and ethos man and actually grabbing people and holding them instead of just yeah. constant inquiry right yeah. and that's where the academy is well, I, i'm sitting down I'm like this is exciting <laughs> <laughs> my, my students i literally my students yesterday were having this whole conversation on Aristotelian um, yeah. argumentative methods yeah, right? Yeah. and none of them want to do socratic once no. they learned about aristotle they were like do we have to do yeah. and i had preachers in the class man who were struggling because they were like my whole career i've been taught like guys 40, 50 years old. My whole career, I've been taught you got to preach the Socratic method. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because well, that was very not, that was Proctor, right? The right. whole Socratic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. proposition, subject, thesis, mm-hmm. antithesis, one, two, three. Right, and right. And if you right. will celebrate, celebrate number three. Yeah, and yeah. they're over here like.
1: Yeah, you know yeah.
0: what is this? Like, how can we use this to actually prove a point? Yeah, and to teach us how to live a point, right? And, right. And that's where, like, even like, the same way, man. My, my preaching has shifted drastically. Like, this series we're doing is a lot different. But outside of that, normally it's observation, interpretation, application. What does it Works. say? What does it mean? You got to do something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. if that, I was joking with someone earlier, like, if the sermon doesn't call you to do something. That's the That's preacher's fault. Yeah. (laughs) Because if that that Jesus never left, just made you feeling good, Mm -hmm. it was like, if you're gonna walk on water, this is what you gotta do, buddy,
1: so you don't fall again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even tell people, if you just want a a real layman's terms of uh, ethos, pathos, logos, logos is the what. Yep. The pathos is so what. Yeah, man. And ethos is now what? Yeah, that's so real. <laughs> that is so real. You you, you got to build your case with the what, then you've got to engage them to to make the point. Of, all right, all yeah. this. So what? Yeah, man. Well, why is this important? Yeah, man. And, and that's where you pull on people's hearts. Yeah, man. And then, all right, what are we now going to do with yeah, this information that we need?
0: Yeah, right and I think to every young preacher listening to this, that's one of the things. Like even you're mentioning that is. You, you evolve into that when you recognize that there's something about, like for me personally, there was something about, I used to pride myself on shouting folk. Mm. On. It was like mm. I, it was, I remember my first church I got to, this old preacher, I mean, old, I should have known he had a storefront, but he was old. He said, mm. Justin, it's revival every Sunday. And so I'm thinking, Mm. like, oh, I bet. Because I forget, like, revivals, you remind people of their sin, call them to repent, and you shout that God gives you access to repent. And so it's, like, literally, like, evangelism, right? And Mm -hmm. I was like, there's a difference between the sheepdog and the shepherd. Yeah, yeah. And when I got up my first, like, six months of my first church, man, I mean, it was just... E flat every Sunday. Right? right? Just every Sunday. E flat, E flat, turn the corner. I mean, you just do it. Like one, two, three, alliteration, turn the corner. And it wasn't until I began to see, like, man, we were we were we were growing, we were swelling. Mm. And, and all growth isn't good growth, right? And we oh, were right, swelling, man. Right. It was cancerous. Mm. And so when I popped some cancer, and it was like, Great, man, all this yelling and screaming nobody remembers anything I'm talking like Mm. every week, man, we Mm. eat flat. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, I'm sweating through suits and robes. I'm on the floor.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: And then I got to a point where I was like, I can still do that, but I've never asked you to actually like, how do you participate in transformation? And so what you're saying there is so powerful. And I hope those of you who are listening, um, grab a hold of what Pastor Mackey's talking through that it's so important that our people that we're leading, if we're going to shepherd them well, Mm -hmm. they've got to know that we're going to protect you as the gate. We got to get some place, oh, right? And um, that's sure. so powerful, man. I'm curious too. So with that, so we're calling people to do something. We're yeah. compelling them. We're challenging them. So I believe Sunday morning is the perfect picture of everything, right? It's two hours of concentrated Jesus time. I, I joke all the time with my church. I'm like, you guys came, you brushed your teeth. For the first time all week <laughs> you wash your legs right i mean it's just <laughs> wonderful stuff sunday is the perfect picture because everything everything is good my kids are good my life is good i'm worshiping with my parents multi-generational it's the picture of what we want black communities to be the unfortunate reality is when we say amen at the benediction my emails my text messages life parents i gotta go back to the hospital to visit so and so or Monday morning comes. Yeah. And this whole podcast is based upon that, like made for Mondays. I go to Monday, and on Monday I gotta go to work, I gotta take my kid to school, I gotta pay bills, I gotta deal with my body, gotta go work out. We preach hard on Sunday. We prepare for 40, 50 hours a week to get these sermons done. We get these sermons on Sunday, give our hearts to people. And how would you challenge the average layperson? We have a lot of leaders that listen to this as well, like leaders who are, how can they apply what we talk about on Sunday to their daily walk on Monday? Um, And I'm curious to hear from you, man, like how would how can someone take their pastor's sermon and make it live when conflict or good moments hit them at work?
1: I think that's where prayer comes in. Okay. you we can become so enamored with the cares of life that we fail to keep the main thing, the main thing. So real. And we a lot of time dismiss the Holy Spirit's work in helping us to fulfill godly aims or our purpose Absolutely. in life um one of the scriptures that i love to quote all the time is about if we didn't have the spirit's help mm-hmm. to do what we do we wouldn't be able to do what we it. do. and so i do think that um it's imperative that people pray for the Spirit's leading, mm-hmm. pray for the Spirit's guiding. And even going back to what you said Sunday, the Holy Spirit That's it. will bring it back That's it. to your remembrance. That's so real. But I tell people all the time, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring it back. So he can't bring it back if you didn't put it in. That's so real, man. And so that brings me to the next point is meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that every Christian ought to take some time yeah, uh, to go. That's what I do with a lot of sermons that I'm listening to or books I'm reading is I go back and make sure I take it out of my my short-term memory yeah, and put it in my long-term that's memory. That's so real. And the only way that can happen, the key to retention mm. is repetition. That's so real. And so you have to constantly get that into your mind just yeah. like you're studying for a test yeah you, you you're gonna have to really meditate that's on so it. real and, and and that's why it's key in psalm one when he said meditate on it day and night yeah man day and night it ought to be something you're thinking about when that's you so first real. start the day yeah. and something you're thinking about as you conclude the day that's awesome and and just see how How has that word helped me through the living of my day every day of the week? So so that's what I use. I I try to do meditation twice a day, something in the morning, something in the evening. And it doesn't have to be, I've learned you don't have to spend an hour, 30 minutes every day meditating. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think we, with so much that we have going yeah. on we don't have the time yeah um i think that people they can great multitasking mm-hmm. i know you were talking mm-hmm. about working out mm-hmm. i work out uh, several times a week mm-hmm. and i try if my trainer's not trying to force me to do something i don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> i'm able to listen to a sermon yeah i'm, I'm learning the importance of being able to multitask. Real. If I'm driving, maybe I can listen yeah, to uh, a Points of Power That's as I'm real. driving. Yeah, you know, something where I can, I can do. If I'm cooking, mm-hmm. uh, my wife just started her mass. Well, she's about to finish her master's. Thank God. <laughs> uh, and so, in this different season of our marriage, yeah. I'm doing a lot of the cooking. Yeah, uh, I'm doing a lot. So now. Um, if i 'm cooking, maybe I could listen to uh a podcast yeah, or maybe I can listen to something while i 'm cooking that 's real you know so just learning the the, yeah. the value of multitasking that 's awesome weird.
0: man mm-hmm. you mean to tell me man that pastors we don 't just all we do is not just sell and I love
1: cooking listen, <laughs> I tell you something, man that's
0: where my safe place like I, like yeah. one time my team texted me something. And I texted in the back a picture of my grill. I said, Let's <laughs> something. I will be available in six hours. Uh, like, Steve is in the room. You guys don't see Steve off camera. But, like, right. I'll sit, like, my team on Saturdays, they'll know I'm alive, man, when I send a picture of meat. Like, mm-hmm. I got a tri tip marinade right now. For oh, <laughs> bless your soul. Bless I mean, your soul. I'm like, I will live on a grill. And yeah. my, my wife is laughing because I was gone for a conference last week. And I kept testing, did y'all eat? did y'all eat because I'm (laughs) I'm dressed as I cook it man so like no we have
1: lives man this is so you you're the cook in the house I'm the cook man okay that's that's my
0: kitchen I was like you can have I told her I said she can have the whole house Mm get in my kitchen and room for my xbox that's it right (laughs) Right. as long as I got those two things that's cool I'm good man no that is awesome man no pastor thank you for this I think this is so insightful last thing I will bring is part of kind of a selfish question and I thought about it um as you were talking so I one of the things i love is technology right yeah. and so that's just my like my doctorate work was in gamifying black churches right and how we bring te- gamification into black church spaces for renewal and right now the next big thing about to come for us those of you for friendship listening <laughs> is augmented reality right mm-hmm. and actually bringing ar to bring immersive experiences of the church to the world and uh right now you can see some things in our stage and we're we're gonna continue to evolve our stage and i'm curious how you um, would suggest to people like me and other young leaders, I don't want to do it wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I recognize the Pilgrim Rest, that was a massive transformation from not just your predecessor to what traditional black church looked like to LED screens and everything on the stage, the pulpit, all of that. What would you suggest to pastors like me, other young pastors across the screen, who see that, mm-hmm. the LED, the lights, the camera, the action, on how to lead that well as, you know, to me, it's a piece of wood. But yeah. To somebody my grandma s- yeah took an extra mortgage out on a house for <laughs> a piece of wood to me it's a pulpit to yeah. them it's i took another job to help the church pay for that right so yeah. i'm curious what would you suggest to us man to lead a, the most visible part of their sanctuary in changing
1: to lead that well okay. i i would say that um in pastoring multi-generational mm-hmm. churches um in my last what both of my pastors have been multi-generational churches. I would say uh, Pilgrim Rest was more open Got it. to the change. Mm-hmm. Um, our church is the largest African-American church in the entire state. Got it. And so there's a different kind of understanding that our church sees itself as cutting edge. Got it. Flagship church. Got it. We have to be willing to go places that Mm -hmm. some churches may not be willing to go that's real so i think that helped me a great deal got it (laughs) the culture of the church Um, i didn't have to pull as many teeth when i brought the vision got it like okay great let's do it we've been we've been when i talked to our elders they were saying we've been waiting got it to do something like got it um, so I didn't I didn't have to pull as many teeth, but if I did for those mm-hmm. where it, it may be a little bit more cumbersome mm-hmm. uh, than that, uh, one of the things that you have to do is get the stakeholders on board. Got it, got it. You, you got to get the stakeholders. There's pastors in the pews. Mm-hmm. That's all right. And, and, and once you get them on board to what the vision is, then they can tell their members.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny but so and, and real. Then
1: they, they, they'll they'll begin slowly but surely to, yeah. to come up um, with supporting the next phase. Yeah. I think two is one of the things I learned from James Meeks, mm-hmm. who used to be the pastor at Salem um, what doc chop yeah, yeah, is yeah. now is that he said, as a pastor, you cannot be afraid to preach the announcements. That's real. What, 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 I, took, no. what I took by that is, Jesus. we spend so much time on, okay, we want to go serve over here, yeah. but we never preach about why it's important to do that. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we like to talk about different causes that we want to support, yeah. but is your preaching reflective of the announcement, jesus christ and yeah. so what what and so oh i've God. always taken that our church this sunday mm-hmm. we are about to partner with world vision mm-hmm. to uh i'll be going to rwanda mm-hmm. my wife and i next week mm-hmm. um to sponsor a village mm-hmm. uh, isagara mm-hmm. rwanda and um this was something new for our mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. you know because some people are saying well You want me to spend $40 a month for the next four years? And we got children right down the street that could benefit from this money? But I had to explain to them, our church is taking a multi-approach where we're just not focusing on children yeah, man. In, in Phoenix, which we do. Yeah. We're just not focusing on children in our state, which yeah, we do. We're focusing on the entire world. That's so real. And so the acts one and eight model. So, so, um, so this past month, I've been preaching. Yeah, that, That's the announcement we're going to World yeah. Vision. But I have been preaching and teaching about what it means to be blessed to be a blessing. That's so real. I said we say this all the time. Yeah, man. It's a good, it's a good aphorism. Yeah, man. It, it's, a, it's a good cliche in many of yeah, our churches. Man. But are we living That's this? so real.
0: And that's so, real. you know,
1: and, and then I think too in our preaching we have to realize in Mark four where it says, Jesus never taught anything without a parable. That's it. People have, to, you have to, they have to be able to see it. That's so real. And I think parables, illustrations, yeah, man. Uh, paint pictures that our mere words cannot that's do. That's so real. I think that's why Jesus used it, Yeah. because it was, it's still the most effective method. Stories, if you yeah. can paint those pictures, stories can do things you talking about engagement, yeah, pathos, logos, yeah, ethos, all in one particular element. Yeah, it's the story. That's so real. And so, I've, I've I told stories, um, illustrations. I, I don't know if you heard the illustration about the Red Sea and uh, the the Jordan River, and no. the Dead Sea and the Jordan River. No, how both of them are you know mm-hmm. bodies of water. The Jordan the Jordan River is fed from the mountain of Mount Hebron, mm-hmm. the snow mm-hmm. of Mount Hebron. Mm-hmm. It feeds into the Jordan mm-hmm. River. The Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. The reason why the Jordan River is the largest fresh lake of Galilee, mm-hmm. the Sea of Galilee mm-hmm. flows into the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. The Sea of Galilee is the largest fresh water, body of water mm-hmm. in Israel. Got it. Yeah. The reason yeah. why it's so vibrant is because it's giving. Got it. it gives to the Jordan River. Yeah. But when it gets to the Dead Sea, mm-hmm. the Dead Sea has no outlet. That's so real. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. That's so real. <laughs> because it's not giving anything away. Wow. And I asked the question, how many of us are Sea of Galilee Christians? Yeah, man. Give. Yeah, man. And how many of us are Dead Sea Christians when well, we're only taking? That's so real. And we wonder why so many areas of our life are lifeless. That's it's so because real. There's, no outlet. there's no outlet. And so you've got to preach the announcements. That's so real. And that, that's what I've been striving to do. That's awesome. Um, and, and it's been, I think it's been working yeah. very well. Yeah. We're working very well. So you got to preach those announcements. That's so real. And so when it comes back to that, another mm-hmm. quote I would probably close with is Bishop Paul S. Morton. Mm-hmm. He says, you have to Date the method, but marry the vision. That's so real. And so, and we can That's take so that real. in context of That's buildings. So yeah, man. Everything we see in this building 50 years from now probably won't be here. Edit at all. We we, cannot, we can't we can date the building. Yeah, man. I mean, we have to date the building and marry the vision. That's so real. And so, uh, and then different generations calls for different things. That's it. I think Gary McIntosh's book is a, it's a must yeah, man. if you're leading multi-generation ministry. Yeah, where he, the t- title of the book, One Size Does Not Fit. Yeah, all. man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it, man. That's one of the biggest lies yeah. ever told. <laughs> yeah, we read that last year. Have you read his other one,
0: Taking Church to the Next Level? No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Okay,
1: I, I'll pick it up. Oh, I'll my pick it God. Let me tell up. you right
0: now: that book, yeah. uh, I read that in. March, Mm -hmm. I had to repent (laughs) (laughs) because he wrote that as a second, and like to uh, To, add, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that take like, I read we we, as a team coming Mm -hmm. out of COVID, we read One Size Ones Fit All, and because I've I've read that, I love Mm -hmm. right, 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 because I didn't recognize, um, he's the the seed holder for transformation in Oklahoma, yeah, and so it's just like, I'm like, you. I'm like, listen. When I saw mm-hmm. what happened in a transformation. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna read this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this sure man knows what he talking about. He knows. Man, that's he so important. No, because for us, man, in our space, like, so not only this, but because of the expansion, though, we own so much, and um, there's some facilities we're looking to build across the way. And next year is the beginning of our capital campaign, and so I'm probably gonna cut part of this out and talk about the Red Seeks. Okay. It's probably gonna be a whole series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, that is so powerful, but it's so real. It just, yeah, okay. in my head, thinking geographically, like, no, that's the reason behind it. Like, yeah, there's mm-hmm. all these things died in the Dead Sea. There is no outlet to it. Mm-hmm. No, that's I'm like sitting here like, yeah, that's a whole, like, January is our series, building blocks. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. like yeah, like, yeah, yeah I it love works. That. <laughs> I love that, man. No, it thank works. you for your time. Man, it's a joy. Yeah, if people wanted to connect
1: with you or follow your work, man, sure. how can they find you online on socials? Uh, on socials, um, some of of us my uh, handles of course uh, you can always go to our church website www.pilgrimrestphx.org, and all of our information is there uh, on Facebook I'm just Terry Mackey uh, you can direct Direct message me. Uh, my wife checks my DM. So, what if, <laughs> if you want <laughs> Hey, <laughs> so we good. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Terry Mackey there. Then on social media, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, it's just Terry E. Mackey. Awesome. All lowercase. Awesome. You're not on TikTok yet, man. You know what? I need to get on TikTok. I need, I need to. We need to bring some holiness. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a dark. place I was at this this
0: conference. I was at. We we're talking about crypto. Yeah. And we were talking about threads and TikTok. And yeah. then this one guy, I told him who I was. I so "Yeah, I'm a pastor, and I'm here for this tech piece." And he said, "Justin, I'm so glad you're here. It's dark. This is dark." He said, "It is so demonic in these different realms, mm-hmm. and the people that are having influence." on not just like the next generation, but on people in current generations. Mm. They're like, it's so dark. And yeah. they were like, you know, so anyway, you can just show like, they were challenging me with this. Like this guy literally started praying, like, please don't don't run away from the complicated nature wow. of this. He was saying because cryptocurrency is so dark, TikTok, because of the way algorithms are set up, putting sermon clips don't, go, don't, don't get anywhere. Right. But actually the lifestyle lives of our, our like pastors. So like I did a day in the life video thing, I went viral twice. Just a day in the life of like me, Um, it was 60 seconds on TikTok and I did not, I literally put it up, literally, man, let it go for two days, came back, it was a million views. I was like, yeah, what? Like, I was like, all I did was just like, hey, this is me getting dressed. (laughs) Here's my kid. Here's my wife. Preach once, baptize some people, preach again, went home and had 1.1 million views, man, in like two days. Wow. The algorithm got tricked where now they were able to see like, oh, like there's humanity, like, so it's amazing. And this guy was like, yeah, there's it's dark. Like there's there's so many demonic forces, people that are manipulating others, uh, countries like this whole brick, um, uh, Britain, Russia, um, India, China, South Africa getting together, trying to come, uh, come against what America won't let happen. And it's just like, they're like, yeah, it, it's dark. And so, yeah, I, so, if you're looking any reason to get on TikTok yeah, man yeah. it's dark I, I know yeah. it's, it's, it's
1: time to bring some light yeah, in a dark place so thank you so
0: much man <laughs> appreciate joy. it My Made joy. for Monday crew uh, thank you guys for tuning in today remember we're here every single Monday uh, as we are engaging with Monday we, we believe that Mondays don't own you you own your Mondays and so I'm so glad you guys are tuning in with us stay tuned for us next week uh, be sure to like and subscribe and turn those notifications on and we'll see you next week right here on Made for Mondays you own your Monday it doesn't own you. Go live today. God bless you.